welcome to this edition of TMLT's podcast, Tech Telemedicine Tomorrow, Answers for Healthcare's Digital Trends. I'm your host, Tony Pasolacqua. Today I have special guest, Dr. Brian Sayers. He is the chair of Travis County Medical Society's Physicians Health and Rehabilitation Committee and Physician Wellness Program. Our topic today is stress and burnout, the silent healthcare epidemic. Hello, Dr. Sayers. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you became involved in the Physician Wellness Initiatives? Great. Thanks so much for having me here today, Tony. I really appreciate it. TMLT has been such a good supporter of our program that I'm really uh, happy to be here and um, get to visit with you. Um, I am um, a native Austinite. I've been in practice here in Austin since 1987. I'm a rheumatologist in private practice, and I have uh, been in solo practice or small partnerships uh, throughout my career here. And uh, like like many people of my generation, I uh, was brought through a medical training program and uh, residency programs that were um, the old school, highly intimidating, um, uh, teach by intimidation, um, uh, really emphasized uh, personal strength and, uh, in a way, uh, lack of uh, emotional engagement in your medical practice. It was a highly um, academic type of training uh, and, again, very intimidating. And so that's that's the product that a lot of people of my generation came through in our medical training. And um, I I, uh, have really enjoyed my practice of medicine throughout the years. Uh, I came to the point of uh, interest in um, physician uh, uh, wellness in in the same way that a lot of people have uh, by going through a a period of uh, personal crisis and and burnout within my own professional life. And that that happened about 15 years ago, and it was sort of the perfect storm of um, trying to run a solo practice. I had a partnership that that fell apart for a variety of reasons, and... um, had um, a family member who had a a medical crisis that was sort of an ongoing, frustrating, uh, debilitating uh, process. And all of those things came together at one time and really led to a pretty classic case of burnout and personal crisis in my own life. Um, You know, everybody handles that differently. Uh, Some people are able to uh, get through it, uh, to sort of muscle through it, and other people really need a lot of help. And, and I needed a lot of help. It, it led me kind of down a, an unusual pathway, and I spent um, uh, four or five years um, getting a degree at, a, at an Episcopal seminary here in town while I was still practicing because I really knew that I needed to realign myself uh, spiritually. That led into, uh, after graduation, some projects that I did with some groups around town that started looking at, at physician wellness in an organized way. And so that was a few years ago, and, and the model for physician burnout at the time was that physician burnout was really a consequence of uh, physicians' uh, personality traits uh, along with the way that they were trained. You just uh, didn't have, you, you were at risk for burnout, and uh, it was not exactly your fault, but it was kind of looked at that in a way that it was it was it was sort of a product of of your personality, and there's some truth to that because some of the personality traits that make us good physicians, uh, compulsiveness, need for control, you know, things that really make us uh, work hard, uh, too hard often, 
um, are really, um, they are important factors in burnout, but as things have evolved, and this has become a really uh, specific field of medicine, really studying physician burnout, it really appears that it's a product of our personalities, but in a much larger sense, it's, it's taking people with a certain personality type and putting them into an environment. And the environment that physicians practice in now is, is really the, the root cause of, of burnout now. We're taking intelligent, uh, well-developed people and putting them in a system where they are um, often just destined to fail because of the system that they're placed in. And we can go through what, what all those factors are, but um, that's sort of how things have evolved. I, I got interested as, as we've uh, sort of gone through this uh, over the years in leadership positions in our county medical society, uh, we also decided a few years ago to put together a physician wellness program locally. And we really wanted to look at that in a way that not just did, um, you know, yoga and meditation and things like that, practices that are, that are super important, and CME courses that, you know, those, those are all important things and helpful, but we really wanted to um, provide physicians with an outlet when they were in trouble. And so we, we formed a, um, an anonymous uh, free counseling program here in Austin for physicians that can access it entirely anonymously. There's no paper trail. They don't have to pay for it. Since we launched that three years ago, we've had uh, we've funded uh, over 600 visits in that program now. So we really try to approach um, physician burnout through that program in a holistic way. We, we work with uh, organizations here in town to try to point out the things that can be helpful for their physicians. We provide, um, you know, small group practices and uh, discussion groups, and we can talk about whatever parts of that you want to today. But um, that's, that's sort of um, my evolution over the years in this, and it's been extremely rewarding work to work with my colleagues and to try to keep people and put them back on, on a track towards uh, meaning and a, and a renewed sense of calling in their work. That's a wonderful, Colin. I, I know that there's a lot of individuals out there whose lives are, are definitely changed from that experience, especially moving forward. Uh, so just one of the, the big questions that I always try to figure out is, um, for any of our listeners out there, is there a real distinct difference between stress and burnout? Well, everybody has stress. Uh, stress is uh, expressing itself differently in everybody's life. And um, everybody handles stress in different ways and that's not a sign of weakness that's a that's a that's a product of of who we are and what the stresses are um so you know stress is 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 a fact of life and sometimes stress can you know it's stress is never fun but sometimes it can even be a, a growth opportunity and um, stress is, is it's all around us burnout goes far beyond stress uh burnout is a um in the sense that we use it when we look at physician burnout in the literature, and uh, it's 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 defined not tightly, but um, it's it's not um, it's not a throwaway term. I mean, it's a really pretty specific uh, thing that 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 has three basic components: emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and a depersonalization. Kind of way to think about that is patients start to look like things. It's, it's a sense of cynicism and disconnection from the people on the other side of the exam room. 
Uh, and then the third component is a loss of a sense of um, personal satisfaction. Um, call that a sense of meaning in your work. And there's actually ways of measuring these things in a formal way to see um, how, how physicians um, uh, fit into this. But those are the three basic components of burnout. And, and, and so burnout is a, is, is a serious situation if, if, if you really fulfill that definition for a number of reasons, not just that it puts you at risk for, you know, things as, as bad as suicide, which is uh, epidemic among physicians with burnout, uh, but also it's a patient safety issue, and the link between burnout and patient safety has been very well worked out in the, in the medical literature. So with our current landscape, we have uh, COVID-19 that, that's changed radically a lot of the ways that physicians are practicing medicine. Is there... What, what's your ideas on how stress and burnout was defined before COVID-19 versus after COVID-19? Well, I think one of the important things to remember is um, when you look at the root causes of burnout, um, and this is, um, again, has to do with the systems that we're working in, but one of the primary drivers of that when you talk to physicians uh, is, is a loss of control. And uh, physicians, um, I won't say we're control freaks, but we probably are. Uh, and that's actually, in some ways, one of the ways that we deliver good medical care is that we try to control the environment that we're working in and the care that we provide. And um, you put physicians into organizations where control is just completely pulled away from them. Uh, put them into having to use technology that they can't control or work with well. Th those are just issues that have just always been there in the in burnout that have become even even more emphasized uh, in in the last uh, decade. But uh, is there anything uh, that describes a loss of control better than the coronavirus uh, crisis that we're going through? Um, there's just so many things that we can't control now, and in and in medical practices. Um, that has been uh, just profound. I mean, we have in some ways uh, lost control of our access to patients, how we interact with patients, how we interact with our colleagues, um, in some cases even the quality of care that we can provide. Um, you know, the, the loss of control has just been uh, exaggerated many times over in this environment. And knowing that that's one of the root causes of burnout, it's not surprising that physicians are at even more risk for a distress and burnout now when a whole different layer of loss of control has been introduced. I know uh, just through our correspondences, uh, one of the, the big topics we were talking about a loss of control over was financial. So um, I know that that's kind of a, a unique area that I don't think a lot of the medical, medical community has had to think about in the past. Is there any other items that you can think of that, that are you know added into that so i mean we we're, we're talking about the patients but the patients also kind of play into the financial component and then is there emotional tie well you know it's just it's just all very different and uh you know the 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 financial aspect of it is is not something that that can be um overlooked i mean just across the board in society people are under financial stress uh, so many people have lost jobs and uh, or they uh, have been furloughed, or their their pay reduced, and uh, I don't think people realize just how much of that's gone on in the medical community. 
in a way, that's another that's another factor in loss of control is that all of a sudden physicians, um, a lot of physicians' incomes have been uh, affected dramatically by this. And, you know, we, we try to separate finances from our love of medicine and our love of our patients, but, you know, it's it's there and it's in our minds and it, it, it influences uh, the, uh, the satisfaction that we take into our work. And uh, so that's, yeah, the economic part of this, uh, you know, is it, it affects everybody, including physicians. Um, but yeah, I mean, our, just our connection with patients and our and our staff and colleagues has been affected. Just as an, an example, um, I, I usually spend a lot of time at the hospital. I do some consults. I eat lunch and breakfast at the hospital because it's connected to the office building I'm in. And all of those relationships have been uh, interrupted because I just don't go to the hospital much anymore. And when I do, there's hardly anybody... Uh, in the dining room or the lounges to interact with. Um, patients, for the most part, I'm interacting with, um, you know, in a, in a Zoom-type environment. And, th- and there's some good things to that. People tend to be chatty, and you've sort of, in a way, been invited into their homes. But, you know, I just, practicing medicine, I just love walking into a room and shaking somebody's hands and seeing them eye-to-eye and visiting with them in a natural way. And the rug's just been pulled out from under, and you know we don't know when that's ever going to be um, like like it used to be. And so, we're having to really, in a way, sort of redefine our relationships uh, with our patients and and how to maintain those good, solid emotional uh, ties with patients, as 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 well as um, with our staff. I mean, even in an office like mine, we're walking around in masks all day, and there's just. Um, it's just so different. Everything is so different right now. It kind of shifts your identity a little bit, so to speak. Absolutely. We have to uh, be concerned about, you know, just environmental safety in the office that is um, critical right now, but it's really distracting from, in a way, from what we're there to do with our patients. Dr. Sayers, stress and burnout, do you think that could be exacerbated by just the feeling of helplessness right now because there's it feels as though with the COVID-19 crisis itself, everyone's trying to figure out how to treat it best. Uh, is there anything that may play into that or exacerbate stress and burnout from a physician's perspective? Well, I don't think that's unique to physicians. I think any time you put a sense of, um, we'll just call it uncertainty, you just introduce a, a huge dose of uncertainty that really has no end. You know, I think I think when this started, we kind of thought this would be a process that we'd go through for a few months and, um, you know, a few months down the road, things would kind of be back to the way we were and we'd be looking at it in the rearview mirror. But we can see now clearly that things have just changed in a very basic way. And until, probably until there's a vaccine, um, we don't, you know, it's, it's, there's just so much uncertainty right now. And that's that's hard on human beings. I mean, it just is. And, and that's not... Um, just something that physicians have to deal with. Our patients are dealing with it. Um, you know, a lot of them are, are really scared to get out and go to the lab or uh, do just basic things that we need them doing to uh, keep their conditions uh, well treated. And, um, and so they're dealing with uncertainty. And so that puts stress on both sides of the equation. And it takes a lot of patience, both from the physician side and the patient side, to keep those interactions healthy and to keep healthcare on track in this environment, and um, 
it's 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 difficult and it, it requires everybody to um, to give a little bit and be a little bit more understanding and patient with each other and that's 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 not always easy to do so I know with uh, CV19 or, or COVID19 uh, there's been a huge transition to telehealth or telemedicine just overnight uh, can you give me some some negatives and some positives from the telehealth is you know especially from the physician's perspective right well I mean the, as far as the negatives um, there's some things that are pretty obvious there you, you you can't really examine a patient properly occasionally you can see some things um, but you you can't really examine a patient I mean and that's 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 obviously the biggest uh, problem with it um, and, and sometimes uh, you can work around that if it's a kind of a routine med check follow-up type thing um, that can be put off for a while and you just want to make sure people are feeling okay and they've got the things that they need and uh, you know sort of a safety check almost but you can't examine them and that's that's a that's a huge negative you know that's that's sort of that's sort of the 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 personal relationship with patients changes um, with telehealth sometimes more than others sometimes it's even enhanced but um, but that that's that's the big downside to it I have found and uh, different people will have different perspectives on this but I think most physicians have found that uh, especially if there's anything complicated at all going on telehealth is is kind of inefficient um, you're in a certain routine in the exam room that you get thrown off from when you're doing telehealth um, and um, Physicians, I mean, uh, patients are sometimes not quite as prepared in a telehealth visit as they are when they go to the doctor's office and there's just this routine they go through to get ready for that visit and know what they want to talk about. And sometimes they get so caught up in just visiting that, um, that some of the things that they needed to talk to you about, they forget about. There, there's undeniably a lot of positives. I mean, and, and it took me a little while to kind of realize this, but... Um, you know, once you get past just the novelty of seeing the background in people's houses, and you really do ultimately realize, I think, that you've been invited into people's homes. It it, it sort of reminds me of, uh, or has sort of punctuated to me why um, our predecessors in medicine did house calls for so long without complaining about it, really until pretty recently. I think they got that positive uh feedback and learned a lot about their patients by seeing them in their homes that you really don't get in the uh, in in the exam room and um, I've sort of come to see that uh, patients tend to be really chatty um, and um, for some of them their medical care is almost an aside it really is almost like they've invited you into their house um, into what's really sacred space for them to have a a conversation and I have learned a lot about people um, from these visits that maybe in 20 years or more in the office I didn't know about them just seeing them in their natural surroundings so there there's there's good things about it you know it's it's certainly there's a convenience factor for the patient I have patients um, you know all over central Texas some uh, even all over the state a few out of state who I've done televisits with who didn't have to trek all the way to my office and and that's been a real good thing for them um, so there, there's undeniably good things about it and I think we will learn those things and carry some of those forward I think most practices will incorporate telehealth in a more robust way 
into their practices. It, it just has to be done in a setting where you really don't have to have the patient right in front of you. That makes complete sense. I know for, for me, especially, we do uh, these things called practice reviews. So we're often invited inside of our uh, physicians' offices to kind of walk around, and essentially we do a quick assessment. And um, one of the unique things that I have seen has been how telemedicine is starting to take over like an exam room. And one of the things that I, I kind of found interesting prior to this is telemedicine itself I mean, it was literally being taken over inside of exam rooms, so you still had your same environment, your same support staff. And then with this whole COVID-19 crisis, we watched a lot of physicians literally go from office visits straight to these you know, straight telehealth visits. So it's actually unique. I think as a, a patient, um, we've also had the opportunity to see our physicians, you know, as well inside of their household. And it, it does, it, it feels as, as though it changes that, that relationship that exists between a patient and a physician. Well, one of our challenges has been how suddenly it happened. I mean, people like me, we're not, I mean, I do a lot, I call patients a lot, but as far as doing formal visits in this way, I had not been incorporating that into my practice, and literally overnight that I had to go from zero to 60 miles an hour with televisits uh, just to keep the practice going and to keep people getting taken care of. and. It was such an abrupt transition that you know I had to kind of learn as I did it rather than gradually learning about it and sort of researching it and talk to other people who were doing it. All of a sudden, I was just going full tilt, and it's just by necessity. It feels as though with those rapid changes that the dynamics of your routine changes. Does that also affect stress and burnout to a certain extent with uh, a lot of our physicians? Absolutely, and and this has been this whole experience in a way the just. The way we practice medicine in in the office, but also in the hospital, it it's like um, you know all of the ways that we practice medicine have changed in some way, and it's almost like we've just been stripped down and uh, had to start from scratch in a way to get used to a whole new way of practicing medicine. And one of the things that's come of that that I that I like to look at is. It sort of illustrated to us how much we depend on certain routines that we're in and um, in some ways that it's okay to look at those and I think we'll all come out of this doing things, some things a little differently in a way that's better. Um, but it really did sort of strip us down to the bare bones of I'm a doctor, this is my calling, I can adapt, and we built back up from there. I mean you've been in the service, you know what it's like during basic to be taken down and sort of rebuilt from the ground up um, and and it's it's been like that for physicians I think it has been a um, kind of a ground up rebuilding in a way at least a reassessment of how we practice and um, I think we've all learned a lot from that that we'll carry with us. So support wise I know one of the things that I've noticed especially with a lot of the stay-at-home orders and some of those other executive orders that have been passed down that's really restricted your movement, it's really forced us to kind of re-identify who our support network is and then how to communicate with that support network. Uh, do you have any suggestions for any of our physicians out there? I, so let's say someone's going to their office on a daily basis. They're going to have you know, direct access to those individuals, and just by opportunity you have an 
a opportunity to essentially talk to those individuals versus now with this telehealth, everyone's kind of secluded and isolated. It doesn't feel like you have that access to that support like you used to. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that that sense of community that's so important to us has just been uh, so disrupted. One of the main things we work with in both our physician rehabilitation committee, uh, but also our, our wellness program is, and, and this has just been found nationwide, I mean, this is nothing, no secret that we discovered. Um, one of the main things in preventing physician burnout is, is for physicians to have a connection and a sense of community. Um, colleagues that they can spend time with and visit with in ways that are not just talking about a specific patient. And, and we've really tried to put together uh, programs that uh, enhance that. And, but even outside of that program, like you said, just in our day-to-day practice, like I, I've suffered greatly by not having that um, relationship with folks at the hospital who I used to sit down and have meals with virtually every day. I mean, that's all just gone. And that can be very stressful because I think in ways that we don't even realize we depend on those relationships. And so, we, you know, we've tried to put together some of our small groups um, to meet by Zoom. And it, it's sort of helpful, but it's just not the same. And uh, this last month or so, we've just really encouraged our colleagues even more than usual um, specifically to uh, contact one of their colleagues they haven't seen for a little while, whether it's by phone or text, and just say, "How, hey, how are you doing? You're holding up okay. Uh, because we got to do that for each other. We're just not getting it in a natural, uh, organic sense anymore day to day like we used to. And uh, we need that for ourselves, but we need to be looking after our colleagues also because some of them out there are really suffering in ways that we just can't even guess at. And and that uh, just quick reach out might just make make a world of difference to somebody. Mm -hmm. So stress and burnout, for instance, I guess one of the main protective factors is that sense of community, so, so family and friends, colleagues. Is there anything else that you can think of that are also other protective factors that we may not necessarily be aware of? Well, you know, I, th- I think that this is, um, s- some of us are working harder than ever. Uh, there's just so much to do, and the nature of our practice is is that we're really a lot busier than usual. Um, a lot of us are not working as hard. We're all at home more. Uh, and um, so, you know, just the things that everybody's discovering, that sense of reconnecting with family, the people you can't be with to, to find ways to reconnect with them. Uh, spend a little time trying to think about things, rediscover your calling a little bit. I mean, I, I do some of my telehealth visits um, from home, and I, my study looks out over the street we're on, and it's, it's almost like a parade out there. There's so many people out there walking and uh, getting exercise. And I hope physicians are taking, taking uh, time to do that, and as they do it, maybe unplugging some, and really kind of think about their medical practice and how it's changed and... Uh, what what the world six months and a year from now might look look like to them in ways that um, might be even healthier than before we went into this. I mean, it's really a time of reflection, and I hope people will, uh, in an intentional way, uh, take advantage of that. Do you have any suggestions on maybe different types of technology or, or apps? Yeah, we've got a lot of resources on our wellness um, uh, website, but, you know, there's certainly uh, meditation apps. Um, 
One of the programs that we uh, help sponsor is a, a, a mindful meditation uh, class that's done through Seton Cove that one of our colleagues uh, does, and and uh, that that meets uh, quarterly to really introduce people to um, meditation and mindfulness in a formal way. Uh, we have um, small groups called uh, Finding Meaning in Medicine, which is a nationwide program that we do currently by Zoom, but we do that a couple of times a month, and we've gotten a good response to that, and that's really, really helpful. There's good meditation apps out there. My favorite is uh, Calm, but there's the... Uh, 10% happier and there's there's a bunch of them that are out there some of it you can kind of accomplish just by unplugging if that's even possible you know uh, just just a uh, some some time by yourself whether you're walking or exercising or whatever you don't necessarily have to have earbuds in you can just uh, kind of let thoughts come up as they as they need to but you know everybody does it differently some people that uh, reflection and solitude and meditation or yoga all of those things that we offer are real important other people just need to have some relaxing time with family or friends where uh, they can visit and um, and 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 find a, maybe a different kind of community for the time being that's that's uh, that's um, energizing for them so we've talked about some ways to slow down stress and burnout is there any specific signs that a physician or anyone should be aware of that may actually speed up stress and burnout? I know one thing we were discussing was just that rapid change from, you know, in-office visits all the way to uh, telehealth, essentially overnight for, for many practices just to survive. Is there anything else that you can think of that, that may actually exacerbate stress and burnout? Well, you know, the, the basic things, um, the number of hours that you're working, um, the uh, amount of sleep that you're getting, the amount of exercise that you're getting, um, the amount of quality time that you're having with family and friends, those, those are things that are sort of, in a way, separated from your work, but are just gasoline on the fire for burnout. And so all of the basic health things that you need to, you need to pay very close attention to it. Part of the problem with burnout is that we have so much denial and so little insight into when it's us. I mean, we can see it in other people, uh, but somehow we don't see it in ourselves. Um, and, and part of that is, again, goes back to training. You're just taught that, um, you know, this is, this is a tough life and you're just supposed to muscle through it and... Um, other people are uh, having trouble, but not necessarily you. And and so, you know, the, the things to kind of, um, that I think are important, first of all, are physicians to kind of step back and periodically do a little check with themselves. Uh, am I happy in this work? I mean, am I just miserable day to day, or do I really like what I do? And if, if even though it's challenging and some days are harder than others, um, there should be a basic feeling that you like your work. Uh, and if you've just got this overwhelming sense that you can't stand what you're doing um, and you always think you're going to somehow change it, but you never do, um, that's a warning sign that you really need to address in some basic way. And the other big one is if other people are asking you if you're okay, that, um, you know, if other people are, are, are worrying about you in ways that you just sort of say, no, I'm fine, don't worry about it, people are usually pretty insightful about whether you're in trouble or not. And they may be scared to say something about it, but um, if friends or family members are, um, are questioning 
your happiness and your sense of, um, of happiness with your work, um, pay attention to them. They, they're, not, they're not just saying that to pick on you. There may actually be something going on there, and you may need to step back a little bit and see how you can change your work life, how you can uh, change your relationships, and whether you need to get formal help or not. Yeah, well, just a personal experience from my side. Um, so we've actually, in the past, I actually had to deal with an individual who you could actually see the burnout on him. And uh, I guess one of the the funny things that that we identified was that in the healthcare profession, sometimes it's a very thankless job. Sometimes uh, I don't think uh, individuals will sometimes identify just how far outside of of uh, your comfort zone you've gone to essentially help them out get them through like a specific diagnosis or issue one of the things that we started doing just joking around was just saying you know I appreciate you and uh, it started off originally just kind of as a joke Uh, obviously at the time I was I was still in the military so we use sarcasm a lot and uh, it eventually turned into kind of like a, a, a culture for our clinic where if we saw someone and they looked burned out or something or stressed uh, we would always just look over to them and say hey I appreciate you and uh, you know for quite a few of us that was just the the break we needed to realize that someone actually identified that we were struggling uh, without actually having to necessarily tell us that we were struggling so it was kind of a a nice little trick that we used to do yeah I think going along with you know trying to develop a self-awareness of or just how happy you are how satisfied you are with your work is we've we've really in our program tried to create a an atmosphere where not only is it um, okay to get help and to talk to your partners or colleagues about um, challenges that you're having trouble with in your practice, but it needs to be a culture where we really look out for each other, where we really are not ashamed or scared to go to a colleague who we think is in trouble and to tell them that. I've just learned these last few years uh, as as I've worked with people in this program that uh, it can make so much difference to people if you just go to them and express your concerns uh, that they are often going to respond to that um, and and we we just really have to look out for each other and not be afraid to do that. The the one thing I I really want to emphasize to people is that um, you know, and this is true not just with physicians, obviously, but in, in all, all walks of life. But uh, we, we each have just been given one life, and um, it's just no way to live to go through life being miserable in, in, in your day-to-day work life. And if you are, you're, you really need to do something about it. You need to, to, to the extent that you can, uh, change the environment that you're working in change jobs, get counseling, um, you know, it, it, it's just a, it, it, it's a terrible thing to go through life and be miserable with your work. We, we all have in our own way a sense of calling. Calling is, um, you know, it's a recognition of the gifts, the talents that you've been gifted and a sense of what the world around you needs and where those two things come together that's your calling. And some of us uh, physicians are just blessed because in our work lives we're able to express that in the work that we do. People outside of medicine may be able to do it in their work lives and, and, and it may be that their interactions with people at work or things they do outside work really express their calling better. But if if your if your day-to-day life is pulling you away from your sense of calling and your sense of values, 
that is just, it's just dehumanizing over time. That's something I just hope everybody will reflect on from time to time and, um, and really try to make changes or get help if they're in a situation where they're just... So I just wanted to share a couple of resources for any individuals who are out there who, who may be struggling, especially right now with all of these unknown circumstances, unknown futures. Uh, so for physicians, there's a national program called the AMA Steps Forward Program. Uh, for Texas here, the TMA has several different programs, including CME activities. Dr. Sayers, would you like to go ahead and give us a breakdown of Travis County? Yeah, just on the uh, the website for the Travis County Medical Society, there's, a, there's wellness pages, and it's got the helpline number to get hooked up with uh, confidential counseling. There's resources that have all kinds of videos, podcasts, articles, books. Um, there's blogs that some of our num- uh, members have written. Uh, so there's all sorts of resources there. And, and I think almost any county medical society in Texas, especially the, the ones in the larger uh, county medical societies, have similar resources on their website uh, that you can uh, access to. But yeah, it's, uh, uh, AMA has a really robust uh, uh, program for that. Uh, and some of the specialty societies do too. American Academy of uh, Family Practitioners has a lot of great resources. Most of the specialty college um, websites have all kinds of good things that are helpful. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're a policyholder, please feel free to contact us with any questions by calling 1-800-580-8658 or check out our resources at tmlt.org and clicking on the resource hub. For anyone who's interested and would like to do a quick Google search, just Google TMLT and stress and burnout. That'll take you to a page dedicated to stress and burnout. Thank you very much, Dr. Sayers, for your time. Thank you. Thank you.